1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continuing from, this is kind of like a bit of a left turn from uh, yesterday's passage, which is talking about lawsuits against believers. And, you know, in our minds today, we tend to like think of, uh, you know, sexual immorality in this passage, like a lot of the stuff it addresses in like suing another Christian. Those seem like totally unrelated, but in Paul's mind, they're clearly not. So Thomas, what are your thoughts on this passage? And why is it here? What is Paul's warning? And maybe even more importantly, what is his encouragement? What this is so interesting because I, um, you and I both, uh, on at a different in, in a different part of our lives, are reading through the Bible in ninety days. Yep. Um, you and Jenna, Heather, and I, and then a bunch of other folks in the church um, reading through the Bible in ninety days. So I just got done. Um, I'm just finishing the the discourse that God has with Moses on Sinai. Mm. And it just, it just was amazing to me because I was like, it caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. I was like, the Lord is talking to Moses. You would think he would be talking about like, this is what heaven looks like, Moses. And this is uh, my glory. And he's talking about, okay, when two of your, your Israelite people disagree with each other, here's how you handle it. Um, if a person brings a slave into the camp, they can only have that slave for seven years and then they get dismissed. And if, uh, two brothers get in a fight and you're like, what is happening? I, and so it's so practical. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I really think first Corinthians six reads a lot like hmm. the Exodus discourse like where yeah. Paul is just like, Hey, by the wisdom of God, here's some very practical things for Christian living. Yeah. So I think that's what he's doing. He's giving a New Testament, New Covenant synopsis mm-hmm. of, hey, here's practical Christian living. Yeah. And so the first part is, you know, lawsuits and agreeing with each other. This next part is definitely matters of the heart that manifest themselves in behaviors that are unbecoming of a believer. Mm. So I think it's very interesting. I just think that's a little aside, but it definitely fits the biblical narrative of the Lord talks to us sometimes about very heavenly things, very ethereal things. But a lot of times the Lord talks to us about very specific mm-hmm. nitty gritty day in and day out living. Yeah. Well, you know, he lists off a bunch of sins and of course, uh, or, or, you know, things, categories of people, whatever. And one of them here is nor men who practice homosexuality. That's obviously uh, for us, uh, you know, it, it's funny how we read scripture differently through the ages. And so, you know, probably like a thousand years ago, um, maybe like swindlers or, you know, in different cultures, like one of these might have been like the real hard pill to swallow um, sure. based off yeah. how you're culturally conditioned. For us, uh, it's men who practice homosexuality. Why, you know, which we we just talked about, like, 
it's easy for like the spotlight to kind of like zone in on that and like totally miss everything else that is being said and like the purpose that it is is being said and even misunderstand yeah. what is being said about homosexuality here. Um, so what are your thoughts on that phrase and, and you know, how Paul resolves this section and, and what it means for you, us? You could have just gone to like swindlers or something. We could have yeah. talked about <laughs> yeah. that. Um, no, that's it's a great question. Can I give a, can I do a 30,000 foot view and then swoop in? Permission granted. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> so there's nine things listed. Sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, homosexuality, stealing, greediness, drunkenness, um, reveling, swindlers. So it's this, it's, it's a very interesting mix of heterosexual sin, homosexual sin, but also just um, gender neutral sin. Yeah. Um, uh, sexual neutral sin of coveting and stealing and taking and wanting. So you see sexual deviance and you just see general discontentment that manifests itself in trashing my brother to get what I want. Mm. What I really think we have here is I think we have another snapshot of the Old Testament. Do you remember the tree that you couldn't eat? The tree of the knowledge of I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good and evil. And evil yeah. Right. So what happens if you ate of good and evil? You just you, when you eat of that tree, you're the one who now gets to decide what's good and evil. Mm. You flip the roles. You become God. God becomes less. Mm. Every one of these sins is me saying, I know what's best, not God. Yeah. And Paul is saying that. People who live in these sins won't inherit the kingdom of God because they're unregenerate. They have never decided God knows what's best. If I'm a greedy man my whole life, I have never decided that God knows what's best when he calls me to contentment and generosity. I've always mm -hmm. decided I know what's best. And so homosexuality, like you said, in our socio-geographic, our socioeconomic geographic spot and place in time and in the world, this is the hot button one. But I think very practically what homosexuality is, it's, it again, it's going back to the knowledge of good and evil and saying, I know what's best. Homosexuality at its core doesn't allow for one of the very first commands to be fruitful and multiply. Mm. It stops the creation of Imago Dei. And I think that's why Satan loves this. I think that's why there's such debate and heat on both sides and yelling and screaming from Christians and non-Christians. I think Satan just loves to mess with this so much, but ultimately that decide, I decide, hey, I'm going to stop the Imago Dei. I'm gonna stop the, the, the more creation of Imago Dei. And that to me is one of the clearest, most simple things as to why this is such a big deal. And it really only happens in affluent societies like ours, where we have a lot of latitude to, mm. to play around with life choices. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about verse 11 because I think it's the most important. Uh, it's part. the clutch verse of the whole passage <laughs> because it's so good. And this is where, I mean, so first of all, like another note is, a symptom of how like sexualized our culture is and how like sexualized our, all of our brains are listening yeah, to this yeah. is like when we read this, uh, you and I included the first time we probably only really saw sexually immoral 
homosexuality, adulterers, and then like uh, uh, greedy drunkards, revilers, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, and just kind of grazed over the rest. And I think like it is super important to see like that this is not the like xenophobic thing that it is painted to be. But as you said, like it, it he he's looking at all of life, all types of people, um, you know, you and I definitely included. Oh, there's, there's some hot buttons in here for me. I read some of these and it's, it's convicting. It's painful. I'm like, man, there are times that I, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'm, I'm greedy or I'm coveting or, um, I have an inappropriate yeah, thought. So, like, I'm like, Oh man, these are, these are cutting. So as Paul's, you know, he talks about, uh, Oh my gosh, where is this? Like the the law said, you shall not covet. And so like I knew how to covet and the law slayed me. That's right, yes. Um, Look that up while I say this because <laughs> I feel like an idiot. But anyways, the, this is not, you know, we are all under the umbrella of like these people who, who have traded the kingdom of God for our appetites. And he says, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ mm. and by Amen. the spirit of God. And, you know, as a, as a proud uh, undergrad English major holder, I, I think it's really important to point out here, all of these verbs are passive. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. And so... What that implies is that somebody else besides you is doing the washing, the sanctifying, and the justifying, and then it, it concludes by the Spirit of God. And and so, Amen. you know, this is not a passage that induces hate um, or, or fear. It it evokes gratitude and yes. salvation and humility. That's Galatians three, by the way. Is is where oh, yeah, okay. Paul speaks of the law being Thank a teacher, and the law is it's a good teacher. It's good to hear the hard truth. It's just not a good master. Yep, yep. Um, and so, I will. I think verse eleven is is so beautiful for all the reasons you just said. Because as I read this passage, and as you read this passage, some of these sins that are listed, these rebellions against God, are convicting to you. Some are convicting to me. Mm. Some remind me of my past. Some remind me of lingering, um, mm. lingering sins that dwell in my flesh. Yeah. Uh, but then I look at verse 11 and I think, but that's not who I am. And it's not because I'm just really well behaved or disciplined. Mm. It's not who I am because I've been washed in the blood of Christ. Jesus has saved me and freed me. Mm. He's, he's renewing who I am I am doing my best to try to renew my mind to learn who I am in him and going back to the garden. I am learning through Christ that the Lord is the Lord. And when he gives me an instruction, it is not burdensome. It is good. Yeah. And yeah. so I love verse 11. Such were some of you, man, every one of us who is a Christian, who's been, who's been saved in Christ. Every one of us can say, yeah, I was that guy. I was that woman. Yeah. But that does not define me anymore. That is not who I am. Well, whenever we talk about a hot button issue like this on ODR that is, you know, very controversial 
and there's lots of books about. We're just never going to be able to comprehensively deal with that in like eight to 15 minutes. And so if this is something that you want to talk more about with one of our pastors, our text to pastor line is 404-465-1737. That will put you in touch with a pastor or a whole slew of pastors who would be happy to talk about you uh the stuff more with you that's right and uh of course all of our email addresses are on our website too so don't hesitate to reach out we'll see you tomorrow for thomas nelson this is will carlisle thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on god's word If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.